Someone asked me about the title of the lesson tonight, and if you looked at the newsletter, you discovered that the title of the lesson tonight is Bloopers. And someone asked me if I was going to show a film behind uh, about the different bloopers that we have in our worship service. Uh, They made specific mention of the fact that there's been different times on the Lord's table here that there's been some bloopers that if we had on camera, it'd be something that might be enjoyable. But um, I promise I don't have any bloopers of, of, that we're going to show on the TV screen behind us tonight. Uh, but I do want to share some bloopers with you. And these bloopers are bloopers from church bulletins. Uh, I hope you'll allow me a little levity tonight. And, and we'll have a little fun, if you will, even though we'll be looking at some passages from God's Word. Uh, There's been a lot going on in the political world. Uh, We've recently gone through a hurricane here, and I made the decision a couple weeks ago to do this particular lesson, to uh, maybe add a little levity, if you will, uh, give us something to smile and laugh about. And so that's what we're going to do this evening. And these are a sampling of different bulletin bloopers that I've collected from different places. And as far as I've been able to ascertain, these are authentic. These actually were in people's uh, bulletins and newsletters, and, and uh, of course some of them come from denominational newsletters, so we'll use some language that perhaps we normally don't use, uh, referring to different people in the church and that type of thing. But in order to benefit from this, you've got to pay close attention, because oftentimes the blooper is in the details, and you've got to listen closely to the details in order to hear the blooper. So let's spend a little bit of time this evening looking at some bloopers, and then we'll have Uh, two points that we want to make at the end of it that we hope that will be beneficial to all of us. The very first one is, and I I like this particular one because it reminded me of the announcement that was made not too long ago, how that the secret uh, secret sisters were going to reveal themselves next Saturday. Well, listen to this uh, announcement in a bulletin. It says, the ladies of the church have cast off clothing of every kind. And they can be seen in the church basement on Friday afternoon. (laughs) On Sunday, a special collection will be taken to defray the the expense of the new carpet. All those wishing to do something on the carpet, please come forward and get a little piece of paper. (laughs) Irving Jones and Jesse Brown were married on October the 24th. So ends the friendship that began in school days. The Reverend Hamilton spoke briefly, much to the delight of the audience. The pastor will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing, Break Forth into Joy. During the absence of our pastor, we enjoy the rare privilege of hearing a good sermon today when J.A. Watts supplied our pulpit. I can, do, I can identify with that. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. The Low Self-Esteem Support Group will meet Thursday from 7 to 8.30 p.m. Please use the back door. (laughs) And these are real. 
This afternoon, there will be a meeting in the south and the north end of the church. Children will be baptized at both ends. Next Sunday, Mrs. Walters will be a soloist for the morning service. The pastor will then speak on, it's a terrible experience. Due to the rector's illness, Wednesday's healing services will be discontinued until further notice. Now that's just plain ironic there. That you can't have a healing service because somebody's sick. Reverend Jarvis has spoken in the largest churches in America. To miss hearing him will be the chance of a lifetime. Barbara C., this has the initial, Barbara C. remains in the hospital and needs blood donors for more transfusion, transfusions. She's also having trouble sleeping and requests tapes of Pastor Jack's sermons. Thursday night, there's going to be a potluck supper, prayer and medication to follow. The youth choirs have been disbanded for the summer with the thanks of the entire congregation. Our missionary speaker is Bertha Belch from Africa. Come tonight and hear Bertha Belch all the way from Africa. This one's just bad. Weight Watchers will meet tonight at 7 o'clock at the First Church. Please use the large double doors at the side entrance. (laughs) Scouts are saving aluminum cans, bottles, and other items to be recycled. The proceeds will be used to cripple children. A bean supper will be held on Tuesday evening in the church hall. Music will follow. (laughs) The eighth graders will be be presenting Shakespeare's Hamlet in the church basement on Friday at 7 p.m. The congregation is invited to attend this tragedy. Church rummage, rummage sale. A good opportunity to get rid of anything not worth keeping but too good to throw away. Bring your husband. (laughs) And then one, one final one. Don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. Now, putting out a church bulletin is not an easy endeavor. Um, I did it for many years in this congregation, and Jeremy's doing it now, and he can tell you that it's not an easy thing to get together. But I don't know if this is his experience or not, but it's certainly my experience in the times that I've been doing a newsletter or a church bulletin. It seems that the major comments you get on a church newsletter is the things that you get wrong. And maybe you'll have the wrong date at the top of it, and it should have been... This Sunday's date, you got last Sunday's date on it. Or you misspelled somebody's name, or you left out somebody's birthday, 
or you uh, did some other typographical error. And people like to point those particular things out. And um, that's just what human nature is. Uh, human nature is such that we oftentimes don't see what is the good things in people. We often always see the things that are bad, and they seem to stand out more so than other things. And as we were laughing at these um, bloopers, we need to be reminded that there are some things in this life that we can call bloopers, that, or we can actually call them sins. There's times in our life when we mess up. And, of course, when we mess up, it's noticeable if it's something that's public uh, because people tend to always want to look at something that somebody has done wrong than, instead of something that somebody's done good. It's always easier to criticize than it is to praise. But we need to be reminded that regardless of what other people may think, that there's always someone that is willing to forgive us if we are his children, and that is our Father in heaven. And it's all because of his Son, Jesus Christ. In fact, the Bible is very clear as we live the Christian life, there are going to be some times in our life when we're going to have bloopers. There's going to be some times when we mess up. But we're so very thankful that, as we talked about this morning, that the grace of God is something that's not only at the point of baptism, but it's something that gives you power as you continue to serve Jesus Christ and live the Christian life. One of the most helpful and one of the most beautiful passages that we have in the Bible was given to us by the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 1, beginning at verse 7 and going down through chapter 2 and verse 1. John reminds us that if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ which cleanses us from all sins. And then he goes on and reminds us, if, he said, if we are somebody who say that we don't sin, that we don't have a problems with bloopers in our life, with uh, things that are wrong in our life, then the truth is not in us. And that we're just simply lying to ourselves. And then he reminds us after making sure we understand that we do sin, he goes on and reminds us in verse 9, he says that if we do sin, if we will go to God and confess this sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of this sin and to cleanse us from all righteousness. And then once again, it's just like he wants to make sure that we get the point after saying that. He finishes the chapter by saying, if we say that we have no sin in our lives, then the truth is not in us, and we make God a liar. So we need to understand and appreciate the fact that even the very best of us, even the ones of us who are the strongest Christians, uh, just like someone who may write out a church newsletter and he's proofread it and he's looked at it and, and maybe had somebody else look at it and you think it's all right until somebody else comes along and says, ah, <laughs> you've messed up. There's something here that's wrong. Well, the same thing happens in Christianity as we live the Christian life. Uh, we have some days that are better than others. Uh, some days are good days and some days aren't quite as good. So John continues in chapter 2 and verse 1. He says, My little children, I write these things unto you that you sin not. In other words, sin shouldn't be something that is our practice. But then he goes on and he says, But if any man sin, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ the Lord, who is our propitiation and only the appreciation of our sins, but the entire world. 
We have someone who is standing before the Father as our lawyer, as our uh, mediator. And he stands before God, and whenever I have a blooper in my life, or you have a blooper in your life, even if it's a big blooper, he stands before God and says, Yes, I know Jim messed up, or we can insert any other Christian name. But But Jesus stands before God, and he tells God, I have paid the price for him. You are faithful and just. He's confessed this sin before you, and now you need to forgive that sin. Not predicated upon him and his goodness, because he'll never be good enough, but predicated upon my goodness, because I was the propitiation. I was the one who took his place. I was the one who paid the debt. And so, as we go through life, we need to make sure that we understand and appreciate the fact Yes, we'll mess up. Messing up is not something that we do all the time. But yet at the same time when we do mess up, we need to understand that we have an advocate with the Father. His name is Jesus Christ the Lord. There's also another point I want us to make tonight. I want us to go back to the very last blooper that I read for you where someone wrote in a bulletin somewhere, don't let worry kill you. Let the church help. As I said, putting out a church bulletin is very easy to slip up and misprint a word or a word or something in a less desirable way. But the truth is, the church can help you. It can overcome worry. It's not going to kill you. It's going to help you to overcome worry. More specifically, it's Jesus that can help you deal with worry. One of the greatest worries that we should ever have would be our whether or not we're in a right relationship with God the Father. And I've already given you the prescription how to get rid of that particular worry. That should be a worry that, neither, that nobody in here ever is concerned about. Uh, we just need to keep trying our best, and then when we slip up, when we mess up, when we sin, when we go against the will of God, we need to, as soon as possible, uh, confess that sin before God and know without a doubt... No more worrying after this, that he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us with the blood of Jesus Christ. But there are still other things that once we get past the sin issue that we may worry about. It may be some illness. It may be some material thing. But listen to what the same Jesus who our advocate is uh, says about worry and how unnecessary worry is. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 25, and going down through verse 30, and I'll skip verse 27. Listen to what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount about worry. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for, neither sow, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valued than they? So why are you worrying about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, 
Will he not much more clothe you, O, little, o ye of little faith? And then you move a few more verses down to verse 33 of this same chapter in the same discussion. Jesus tells us the thing that's important, the thing that we're supposed to replace worrying with when he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. As we go through this life, maybe we'll put out a newsletter or a bulletin that has a blooper in it. Maybe there's other mistakes we may make in life. Some of these mistakes are very noticeable sometimes. As I said, people enjoy seeing mistakes in other people, I think maybe because it makes them feel better about their own mistakes. But whether these mistakes are public or whether they are private, we need to understand and appreciate the fact that now that we are children of God, that sin should not be something that worries us, but instead that's something that we should be repenting of, something that we should be confessing. Because the Bible's very clear. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the greatest worry that mankind has. And Jesus Christ has taken away that worry. And if you continue to follow him and seek after his kingdom, everything else will just simply fall into place. And we look forward to spending eternity with him and the redeemed of all the ages. If you have a need this evening, we hope that you'll come as together we stand and sing.